Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Oh man, holy cow. Good evening, everybody. It has been a long, long Monday. Took a lot of guff and a lot of grief from my coworkers today. All in good fun, but uh, essentially I am now the... Ugh. A little glitch there. King of jack stands and wooden blocks. Seems like half the time I'm in this boatyard, that's all I'm doing is running around with a tractor trying to pick all that stuff up. And this old back of mine seems to be holding up pretty good. It's pretty interesting, actually. I uh, When I was in the Caribbean, back in my late 20s, early 30s, we used to haul these Hobie cats up the beach. And... Some of them are 400 pounds or whatever, and we had to haul them, you know, 50 feet up the beach or whatever. And after after a year or so of that, my lower back was just in constant, constant pain. And uh, I remember I got to a point where I could barely put my board shorts on in the morning and couldn't lift, couldn't lift people's luggage to go put them on the seaplane and the ferry and such. And uh, one of the seaplane pilots actually came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, if you got back issues, let me if it's your lower back, let me give you one of these things and it was called a miracle ball. Not sponsored obviously by any of this, but just two little little uh kind of, I don't know, softball size inflatable balls and a little instruction book and you lay on it and you you place this thing right near your coccyx, if that's the correct term, and you just lay on it, and you move your legs around a little bit. 15 minutes a day, a couple times a day, boom, back was totally fine. I've had one with me on the boat here for, well, I guess now 10 years. Anytime my back is acting up, holy cow, I hit that thing up, and all good, all good. Go and lift blocks and 50-pound stands all day, no problem. But yeah, we're we're definitely feeling that. We're still in the old uh we're at, we're at just about just over 2 weeks now of of working in the yard and working hard and and adapting to that sort of lifestyle. You know, it's a, when you're when you're out sailing, you actually are working all sorts of different muscles. You know, cuz you're you're trying to hold on and and wedge yourself into places and balance constantly. So there's I think there's a lot of core work maybe. And then when I was on land just working on the books and all that sort of stuff, then you're you're essentially doing next to nothing. I mean, I'd run in the morning, but now it's it's full on. I mean, I'm sweating by 7 a.m. and lifting heavy objects over and over and over again all day long, jumping in and out of a tractor, and I don't know. It's good. It's something I definitely needed. Uh, it's, it's like a little kickstart, but hmm. today was pretty tough because it's right after the weekend, and whenever it's right after a weekend of sort of taking it easy, but 
I shouldn't have taken it easy, but I, I just sort of hit a brick wall <laughs> this weekend. Holy cow. I mean, we pulled the boat out. Mighty Sparrow is back on the land. And she's in actually the original spot where I prepped and got ready for the trip around the world. And feels good. Feels definitely good to be back in this uh, this little spot. But there's a ton of work that needs to be done. And man, oh man, this weekend I just did not. I, I, I don't know. I just felt so beat up that I just wanted to rest my weary bones. So I took naps. I watched movies. Uh, I did get some reading done, and I got some work done as well. Because I actually, it seems like, fingers crossed. I don't want to, I don't want to throw it out there too early, but I might be booked for presentations, at least possibly two of them. One up here, a live show, and then uh, one virtual one for like a corporate gig. So. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I, there's been many times where we plan these things and then they all fall apart, but sometimes they don't. And uh, if we can start getting back into that, woo-wee, that would be a very, very helpful thing. And man, I, I would love nothing more than to be able to get back on that stage because now I've, I've just got, besides, you know, the, telling that story about the trip around the world. <clears throat> it's great. Like it's a, it's a fun story. It always changes depending on sort of the audience and how I'm feeling at the time because it, it's almost impossible to cram nine months of a journey into, you know, an hour, hour, 15 minutes. But the cool part with some of these, these bookings is when you have a company that is, is looking for a little bit of sort of like a dash of motivational, speaking in there as well. All that really means to me is, okay, I want to focus on certain points. And, you know, the, this one that's coming up, they're, they're talking about weathering the storm of the last couple of years. And there was one that really interested me. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was last summer, but it never panned out. And it was really, it was, I don't know, what, it was different because these, this company wanted to talk about what it's like to return, return back to the office and return back to sort of the normal run of the mill, how we did things and, and meeting and greeting customers and all that sort of stuff. And that's something I have a lot of experience with where, you know, you're out, you're dealing with this, this endeavor that you're in and you're trying to like punch through it, but you're isolated and, you know, there's, there's no interaction. And then suddenly you're thrust back into life as, as it usually is where you have to talk to people and you interact with people and all that sort of stuff. And I thought that one was going to be, I don't know, it was just going to be unique. It was going to be different. And I was, I was pretty excited about that one. But like I said, with all, all these, the presentation stuff, it, it is hit or miss until the, uh, the, the contract is signed and everything. You don't, uh, you don't actually know if it's actually going to happen. So I don't know, but we will see. I will keep everybody updated because my, my hope again, and I think I've talked about this before is to finish up the summer here and then come fall, take the boat down South, uh, hop in a car and start traveling the U.S. and doing doing a bunch of podcasts with all these different adventurers and interesting people that I know, 
and mix in a bunch of presentations that way and be able to supplement the whole thing and, and be able to pay for it all. And I don't know, we'll, we'll have to sort of see how all that pans out, but that's, that's sort of the game plan. So all I can do at this point is try not to spend money stupidly and save as much of it as I possibly can and work as much overtime and side jobs and all that sort of stuff that I, I possibly can because I know in the end it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay off because I'll be able to eat <laughs> and travel and pay for the gas that's going to probably be crazy expensive. Uh, I hope not, but we'll we'll sort of see. I don't know. Initially, I I had thought, you know, a year ago that maybe maybe I would purchase my own vehicle or something like that. But I don't know. I'll have to figure something out. In any event, uh, I wanted to desperately get somebody in here. Uh, I've got a number of people that I have planted the seed with to come on the show and either talk about lobstering or being out at sea or sailing or the boats they have. There's there's a few really interesting conversations that definitely are coming up, but everybody is super busy. This is a interesting time up here in Maine where the the sailing season is so short that everybody's trying to get all the work done that they possibly can right now and and also, you know, work their normal day-to-day job. So there's not a whole lot of time. But, boy, I, I've i planted the seed, and I'm sure we're going to get some more podcast interviews coming up here. Hopefully, this week we'll get one or two more. And I'm just going to put them out. So I had hoped to be able to stick to the schedule of doing two a week. But I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be possible. Um I don't know how much people want to hear about <laughs> yard life and what it's like living in a boatyard, which we will get into on this one because that's that's uh, pretty much my life at this point. But I am I am hopeful. I, I'm I'm sure I'll be able to put out one podcast each week, but I'm hoping to do two. And if I can just get a couple of interviews in the bank, then I can I can definitely make that happen. So. I will try my best, but it is also pretty hard. There are some days where we are moving and shaking so much and so fast that I, you know, I, I take about a 30 minute lunch break and then it's just full till after that. And by the time four o'clock rolls around, I am exhausted. My brain barely even functions. And to try and sit down with somebody and have uh, an actual conversation that, that, goes somewhere and and is informative and interesting is it's not that easy it's not that easy to do so i'm i'm gonna try my best though i figure i might as well (laughs) i'll give it a shot i will give it a shot oh man but i have been getting uh a good amount of feedback which is fantastic i can't i never i never in a million years did i think that this podcast would be one where people actually email in and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know. It, it's really cool. But I did have a couple of questions uh, about what it's like. Uh, your account has been credited. Oh, my gosh. What is this? Do-do-do-do-do. No, that's something else. Oh, man. I'm actually looking through, through an email. Oh, there was a really cool one. 
uh, by a guy named Steve, and he was talking about how there's a guy out there who modified it, and I had heard about this. So I, I had talked a few times about trying to be able to get Mighty Sparrow to go a little bit faster, and there's a guy named Dave King, and he's, he's kind of famous. I, I believe he's the guy who won on corrected time the uh, trans pack, either one or two years or something like that, in a West Sale 32. And essentially what he had done, I believe, if I'm – I really should probably research this before I talk about it, but I believe what he did was he filled in and fared out the gap between the hull and the rudder, which – on a stock West Sail 32 like Mighty Sparrow is a pretty sizable blunt gap. Uh, not a lot of hydrodynamics uh, going on there. And, yeah, I don't know. He, he I think he went out and got in touch with him on my behalf. And, uh, I don't know, it might be something worth, worth sort of getting. I, I've heard, you know, maybe uh, you get an extra half knot, extra full knot, something like that, just on your your – total average which would bring mighty sparrow up to you know when, when we went around the world it was 4.6 knots was the average speed and there were 39 days where i did less than 40 knots because i was becalmed if you were able to do 5.5 knots as an average speed i mean we're we're talking serious numbers when you have a 30,000 mile trip ahead of you that's that's going to be a huge, huge difference. I mean, we're talking about chipping off not only a week, but maybe even a month. So, I don't know. That's pretty cool. But uh, I really do appreciate uh, that, Steve, and reaching out and everything. And I will – I'll reach out to Steve because I, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure – or I'll, I'll reach out to Dave because I, I'm pretty sure that he has posted a lot of that. There's – I don't know. There's information about what he did and all that sort of stuff to do that modification. And I don't know. Definitely pretty cool. Um, the other one was from a guy named Josh. And uh, I don't, you know, it's one of those things I don't want to use people's last names because I feel like a little bit of anonymity goes a long way, especially when you're throwing stuff out into the. Uh, into the internet universe. Uh, but he had a follow-up question to the subject of the podcast and he was wondering what gear lessons I learned along the way and were there things that in the end you needed and other things that you didn't need, uh, weaknesses or all that sort of stuff, uh, when I was out at sea for a number of days. And, you know, I, I mean, obviously there was there was the issue with the the water maker, which is a pretty crucial piece of gear for a long distance, like somebody who's going out there for months and months at a time. And it was just one of those normal catadine uh, hand pump water makers or desalinator, like emergency pumps. But I, you know, after a lot of contemplation and using the same one that I've had now on multiple trips and having to use it quite a bit, uh, I kind of have a feeling that that first one, I think I'm the one who actually uh, used it improperly, and and that's probably why it broke. I can't be 100% sure, but essentially, in a perfect world, you drape this little hose 
that has a little filter on it into the ocean. And then you have a teeny little hose that comes off it that basically trickles fresh water as you pump. And it only produces about one gallon per hour of perfect continuous pumping. Uh, But there's a secondary hose where the filter is, where the vast majority of the extra salty water goes. So there's byproduct. So you're pulling in all the salt water. A teeny bit of fresh water is coming out. But then there's a very huge amount of the salt water that's, that's, that's left over that this little bit of fresh water is produced from. And when I was pumping... For not all the time, but sometimes when I was becalmed was normally when I would start pumping the fresh water in the Indian Ocean on the trip around the world. And there were a few times where it was it was a bit rough or it was nighttime and I couldn't be up on deck and doing it. And I ended up filling up five gallon jugs of salt water, bringing those down below And then I'd have one that was empty and then one that was full of salt water and I'd pump and pump and pump, but I was throwing both the hoses in there. And as I think about it, uh, I thought about this on the, not the last trip, but the, the middle trip, the one where I was supposed to go to the Northwest passage, because I had to use that thing a lot. And I started looking at it and I was thinking to myself, geez, okay. If, if I'm, pumping all this super salty water back into the same bucket and I'm trying to filter that, the buildup inside of this filter has got to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so essentially I didn't do that. I changed up my, my sort of, uh, my system. And I just would, I, I would put that, that filter, the filter hose would go in one bucket and the other one would stay out of it and just dump it into the, the cockpit or whatever. And that pump I'm still using. I've used it. I've probably produced a uh, hundred gallons or more of water out of that, and it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, think about that. It's a hundred hours of just pumping at this super slow rate. Because if you pump really fast, it doesn't work, and if you pump too slow, it doesn't work. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, that. That little gear failure definitely hurt, but I would never go out on a long-distance trip without some semblance of a water maker. So ideally, it would be great to have one that you could do manually as well as use electricity for. And I, I did think about that about a million times, trying to figure out a way to use maybe like a cordless drill or a sawzall or something like that to be able to modify that pump so that I could just, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have to actually pump it. Um, but uh, a water maker was, was definitely super essential. But, you know, as far as things that I had that I, I found that I never used, there really wasn't a whole lot. Um, I... I really had to keep everything so basic and so bare essentials because of the budget. I really didn't have a whole lot of extra stuff on board that I thought that, oh, maybe it'd be nice to have this or maybe it'd be nice to have that. Um, I will say on the last trip, one of the purchases that I did make that turned out to be absolutely amazing, like amazing, game changer, 
<laughs> you can probably laugh, but it was it was just one of those those boat beanbag chairs because the cockpit on a Westsail 32 is not very comfortable for you know if you're if you're reaching across the wind and you're heeling over trying to stay comfortable in this cockpit. I used to have all sorts of different cushions and things like that. I got a beanbag chair, and you know it's one where it's kind of like waterproof. So it doesn't saturate with salt water. You just got to wipe the salt off of it and you can sit right in. Oh my gosh. I could tuck that sucker right in, fall into it. Uh, you know, the, the primary winches, nope, no more digging into the back. Totally comfortable. I could set it up just on the low side of the boat and behind the Dodger and it stayed dry almost all the time. Oh my gosh. It was absolutely amazing. Be- being able to sort of wedge yourself in in the cockpit i mean obviously i have to do that in the bunk all the time but the cockpit was always sort of i don't know it was kind of a pain and a lot of the cushions that i had once they got saturated with salt water ah you're sort of thinking oh man i don't want to sit in that thing i'm gonna get all salty and then i'm gonna have to change and i just want to be able to ideally (laughs) ideally it, it sounds like such a a wimpy thing to say, but ideally I want to be able to hang out in the cockpit during the day and at night, whenever I want, but then I want to be able to come down the companionway stairs and I want to hop in the bunk. I don't want to have to like wipe myself down with baby wipes or a wet paper towel or take a shower or switch boxer shorts. I just want to be able to go from one to the next without even worrying about it. And I know I'm on a wet snail as people like to call it, which I, I own that name. Hey, why not? Wet snail, yeah. Boat gets wet. And it's not all that fast, but guess what? Took me around the world. How far is your boat taking you? Boom! My West Sail family will will like that comment, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, um, but yeah, other gear, I, you know, I, I never really got a whole lot of use out of... The spinnaker, I guess that would qualify. Although the few times, the you know three, four, five times that I use it on on most trips because the conditions have to be perfect, it's glorious. I absolutely love it. It's it's typically one of my favorite times. You just get those flat, calm conditions. The winds are just holding at about eight knots or something like that, and you throw that spinnaker up and and Mongo just holds and boom, you're just sailing along all of a sudden pretty fast. And wow, it is always uh, a pretty magical moment. So I, even though it, it's one of those things I barely ever use, I mean, we're talking 0.001% of any big trip I go on, I'm using a spinnaker. But it is kind of nice. I, th- I think for morale alone, it's probably pretty pretty epic um i know there have been times for sure where uh i have run out of you know podcasts and audiobooks and things like that because not every day you want to sit there and and not every every day the conditions are great for reading books and things like that it's always really nice to be able to turn on a Bluetooth speaker and just be able to listen to a story being told um, in the background. 
So there were a few trips where I, I sort of ran out of those and I wish I would have had more of that, uh, for sure. And I, you know, all subsequent trips, I've always made sure one to go into the settings and make sure that when you listen to a podcast, it does not get deleted straight away. Uh, that was a lesson hard learned after two weeks out at sea. The other one though, is I, you know, it's, uh, it's just nice to, it's really nice to have that, that voice sometimes, you know, you're all alone all the time and as, as artificial as it might be, it's, it's another voice and you can hear it and it's telling you a story. So you get to listen, you know, I don't know. There's something about that that I really like. Obviously, tons of books all the time. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of things that didn't didn't work out well, and I can't really think about them too much. I can't. I can't. Uh, off the top of my head, it's not really coming through. Um, hmm. I mean, I've had equipment failures and and that sort of thing. Uh, but a lot of that's just over, over time, you know, electronics that go bad or you go through a a pretty severe electrical storm and, and then everything seems to want to malfunction. I mean, I know, I know part of his, part of Josh's question was getting into, I believe, let me read it real quick, is the AIS stuff. Yeah. So he was wondering about sort of AIS systems and, and, you know, what, what sort of I used and everything. And, and for that, I, I always on the long, long trips, I always have the system that I'm using, which is a standalone AIS. So it's a transceiver and a transponder, if that's correct. So I'm sending out my position and I'm also receiving the position of all these ships. And when I say standalone, it's its own little unit. It's not one of those uh, transponders that you have to also be able to use or hook into, uh, through the N N E H. I can't remember the name The there's a cable where basically everything is allowed to talk to itself, uh, or talk to each other where you can run it into a GPS plotter or into a VHF radio that has AIS or even get it on your, your iPad and all that stuff. Um, I, I have always preferred being able to have stuff standalone. So it doesn't need to, you know, if 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 the GPS is sort of old and starts going on the fritz and then all of a sudden you no longer have AIS, it's sort of like, hey, I like the fact that the AIS system is off on its own and it's isolated. It has its own VHF aerial uh, typically what I have is I'll use the normal VHF aerial for the VHF radio with a splitter and I, it has its own GPS antenna, but I always carry a spare backup, uh, VHF antenna slash GPS antenna that I can hook up to it, which I've had to do before. Uh, I think my AIS was not, uh, working throughout pretty much, pretty much all the way across the Pacific Ocean on the first big trip and didn't find that out until after rounding Cape Horn and seeing ships and not seeing them on the AIS. So switched the antennas out and boom, there was the ship. So the original one was like a Mazu Tech or something. You can't even get it anymore. It had a, a really nice display, which really made it easy to decipher 
you know, how close you were going to be and this and that. Um, I ended up now replacing that with an ICOM. Again, standalone. It's got its own screen. That's all it does is AIS. And the, the display isn't very good as far as, you know, the, the ships that you see on it are either going horizontally, diagonally, or up and down. There's no sort of in-between. You can't really track their progress. Um, super, super basic, but it works really well. And ICOM, I've had ICOM radios and stuff before, and they, they definitely seem to be pretty bulletproof. This one, I think I've put easily like 25, 30,000 miles on it, and it's still going really strong. Um, so that one works out pretty good. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always, always sending out my signal and you know, it's, it's actually, sort of the last line of defense. I mean, if I have to choose between, if I could only run one thing on this boat at night or when I'm trying to sleep or anything like that, it's the AIS. I, I'll turn every other thing off if I have just a trickle of electricity coming out of those batteries. It's, uh, it's all going straight to that AIS because, I don't know, that's the only way I can get a good night's sleep is knowing that that thing is going to, alert me when a ship is, you know, four five, six miles out and 20 minutes away from a, a, a close, close call. So, uh, like I said, any long voyage, if I were to go out on another big one, I definitely would take a backup system. Um, probably the same one, I guess, unless they come out with something new, they're expensive. You know, they're, I think the icon was somewhere around like 500 bucks for a standalone unit, but I don't know. I, you know, cause I don't use the chart plotter on this boat at all. It's from like the nineties and it just, I don't know. I, I did get from a buddy of mine, Brian, shout out Brian down there. I don't know if he's still in South Carolina, but, uh, he handed me off a nice little Garmin, I believe, uh, GPS that he didn't use probably 10 to 15 years younger than the one that I have. And he actually is even sending the cords and all that sort of stuff. Super nice, man. The people in the boating community are just, I don't know, it, it, it's really incredible. No matter where you are, whether you're in a marina, whether you're out at sea, whether you're in a boatyard, whether you're in the Caribbean. I mean, it's just people are, boaters look after boaters. It's really fantastic. And, um, you know, I, I feel that too. I mean, anytime somebody needs something, uh, I'm happy to give give some line away give some bungee cord anything if i if i ever have stuff that i i just have way too much of it i'll literally just walk around the docks and be like does anybody need shackles because i have ten thousand shackles um so i don't know the boating community is really cool so i i will be kind of updating that which would be kind of interesting um but yeah I, I honestly there wasn't uh there wasn't a whole lot of stuff that I got to really try out. And I, you know, honestly, I never have. I've never been able to sort of, <laughs> I've never had the budget to to get a whole bunch of superfluous things that uh, I want to sort of try out. I will say one of the things that has been a nice backup on this boat. So Mighty Sparrow, we carry 60 gallons of diesel. Uh, so I can run the engine for... Uh, I don't know, probably almost 200 hours or so, if not more, um, depending. Wait, I don't know if that calculation adds up. 
if I'm actually running the engine. Well, in, in any event, so I can run the engine for quite a long time, charging the batteries and this and that. The primary source of charging and and delivering electricity to to my needs is through two solar panels. And I have an inverter and everything else, the fridge, all that stuff run off of that. But you get struck by lightning, wipes all that sort of stuff out. And who knows, maybe it would wipe out my backup system as well. But I purchased, originally I had a very, very tiny little Goal Zero uh, backup battery bank that had a, a very small inverter. You could charge things through a USB port, and it comes with just a tiny little solar panel that you can put in the sun, and it takes, you know, two days of, of good, like, four or five hours of sunlight, and it'll charge it all the way up, and then you can charge your computer once. You could charge your phone, like, four times, blah, blah, blah. I upped the ante, and I have uh, – I've had on the boat for a couple of years now the Goal Zero Yeti 150 – and it's like a cube, and it's got the inverter, and it's got a couple USB ports and all that sort of stuff. And I, I actually have two different solar panels for it. It takes like three days to be able to charge that up with, with these smaller panels that I have. But it's a great backup, and I, I actually use it all the time. I just strap it down right at the nav station, and that way I don't have to turn on the inverter and and use all this this power because I'm I'm typically the biggest draw is going to be that refrigerator almost all the time. If I've got frozen meat and bacon and things like that in there, I am running that sucker because I I know how precious they are. And you know, maybe the ice cold beer every once in a while, got to keep them cold. So, I'm using a lot of electricity there. I will I will uh try my best to charge anything and everything off that goal zero. And I'm pretty sure it's lithium ion, so you're you're pretty much using 100% of the power, and that's totally okay. But I, I absolutely love it. That that is has been an essential backup tool, which I actually use all the time as well. Um, and I I don't know, it, it's just nice to have. And I suppose it's it's small enough that big lightning storm or whatever, chuck it in the the oven, keep it safe from. From the 1.21 gigawatts that can come out of the sky. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. Those those are sort of the um, those are sort of the things. I can't, Josh. I I wish I had a bigger list, um, but I I think the fact that I kept things so bare bones from start to finish that I just I never really came into that position of being like, wow, I never use this or wow, I never use that. It was sort of like, boy, I really need that. <laughs> I really need that. Um, yeah. So those were sort of, sort of things, but I, I really appreciate you writing in and everything. And, uh, that's super cool. Uh, do, do, do. Ah, yard life. I tell you my brain, I don't want to say it can't work right now but i tell you it uh it's feeling it's feeling pretty pretty whipped i'm not exactly getting a whole lot of uh pages done on the new book i don't know i i think i'm just gonna have to put that on hold for for a good little while but i don't know we'll have to sort of see this trip but there are already some things i struggle with 
Wow. Okay. So I'm checking in on Westsail uh, Sequoia. Man, I he's getting offshore. That's for sure. He's way out there now. Holy cow! I really want to. I'm I, I'm waiting until I get permission to talk about this because I don't want to just go on and on about this. But he's getting off the coast and. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool to watch. I love, love watching these long-distance trips from the comfort of land, but it does always make me very antsy. You know, there's there's two things, two things that make me want to go right back out to sea or are, are uh, triggers for me to start planning the next voyage. One is when other people are out there and I'm following their trips, all I can think is like, oh, man, I want to be out there too. And I see the wind patterns that they're going through, and I'm like, oh, it's so good. He must be just flying along. The other one is one or two beers and the chart of the world, which, unfortunately, I have a chart of the world on the boat, I have one at my parents' house in Michigan, and there's always one up at Jerome'stown, my camp that uh, I set up sometimes during the summer. So I can't get away from them, and obviously one or two bush lights, and all of a sudden I'm I'm plotting and planning and staring at this chart, and the next thing I know, I'm I'm trying to figure out if I can pay for it or not. <laughs> that's that's sort of how my life has gone for the last six years. Oh man. And I'll tell you, one of the one of the biggest drawbacks right now is I'm I'm starting to see I'm starting to see that the my bulletproof, super crazy Sven built sails are are coming coming to the end of their life. So if I want to do some more big sailing, I, I've got to get a new set of sails. A new mainsail, a new staysail, and some sort of working jib. Yankee type thing, something that's, you know, 100% or whatever. Nothing big because I, I like to buy old drifters and all that stuff because the boat's old. But, yeah, it's going to it's gonna take a new set of sails, so we're looking at like 10 grand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I am working, and we're working a lot. So I should be able to save some of that and then be able to uh, hopefully – commission some some sales to get made but we'll have to sort of see Sven's out there building these airships and hopefully he'll he'll obviously he's got all the connections still with uh, North Sales and with Doyle and all that sort of stuff but would be nice to to be able to get the old brother's discount if that's even possible anymore I don't know I mean you can always go the route of searching bacon sales and seeing if there's some old used sales that'll work because they I don't know. In my book, there's you can get a brand new set of sales for a certain amount of money, or you can spend half as much money and buy two or possibly three sets of sales that are old and used. The only problem is you just never know. I mean, I've I've definitely bought some sales from them, and they've come, and boy, they don't fit this boat at all. And uh, I try and use them, and then they just they fall to pieces. I mean, there's. But the vast majority, vast majority of stuff I've got from bacon sales has been fantastic. Man, they, you know, it's interesting. This podcast, I've, I've shouted out so many, <laughs> so many different companies. I do almost feel like 
I wonder if this is what it's like to have sponsorships. Although, you know, usually the people that are sponsoring other podcasts, I think they're, it's, I don't know. I, I feel like it wouldn't be any of the stuff that I'm, I'm actually using. And I don't know. I, I kind of would feel bad about, about trying to, uh, trying to sell some sponsorship of something that I don't use. <laughs> it wouldn't make, wouldn't make too much sense. Like, in any event. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm, oh, the brain is sort of scattered. It's late. I've been going to bed super early and getting up super early. Maine is nuts. It gets light at 4 a.m. I'm usually awake not long after that. And then uh, I have a bit of time uh, before I go into work. But like I said, I said I hit this brick wall this weekend. But we're, we're back in and charging. Yard life is... Uh, definitely growing on me although i did somehow and i i don't know how this is even possible because i'm so filthy every day from just dirt dust grease being on the ground bottom painting all the sort of stuff i don't know how it's even possible but i think i went three days without showering (laughs) which for the amount of effort that i put in and the amount of filth that i pick up i I don't even know how that's possible, but I think I was just so tired and I was so excited about the weekend that everything else just went right out the door. But yard life has been good. You know, I, I can't, uh, I, I think the best way to describe my lifestyle up here <laughs> right now is I'm tiptoeing around the facts of life. Uh, I live on my boat. I live where I work, so I don't need a car. Uh, all I have to do is walk to the grocery store, which is only a mile away, uh, you know, once a week, twice a week. And I don't know. I, uh, other than that, it's, it's pretty simple. I, I don't have electricity bills and, uh, I'm provided a shower and all that sort of stuff, but I'm also on call, I guess, whenever anybody needs me, um, which is fine. I love it. The, the community is great. People I work with are great. The, other boat owners that are in here we have a lot of what i call yard rats which are boat owners where even when we launch their boat and we're like have a great summer two days later they're back in the yard just sort of seeing how things are going which i love i mean it's it's absolutely great and these are some of the people that i want to get onto the podcast because they all have these great stories um so yeah, it's 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 been good. It's it's happy days. It's really hard work for sure, and sometimes it's a little mind numbing. But luckily, I I can when I'm sitting there just going around the yard and picking up stands and blocks and things like that, which some you know takes up a good hour or two every day. It's nice because I I just put earplugs in, not headphones, but just earplugs, and I just think and I think about the presentations and I think about the podcast and I think about all these other things and um, yeah I don't know it, it gives me it gives me good time it's almost uh, the same feeling that I used to have when I, I would go for for you know two mile jog or something like that in the morning it just gives me this time to just think and think and think and and I definitely need that at this point because there's even though I'm having creative troubles when it comes to the books and stuff i'm i still i still am hopeful that i you know you come up with these little ideas here and there and you you get them down on paper and then you have them and i've got notebooks just filled with all these ideas but 
it's it's having that time and to be able to sort of bring it all together. But right now, like I said, I mean, everybody's super busy. Everybody wants their boats in. That's going to last for another month. Once we get past 4th of July, things ease up. And what I'm hoping to be able to do is maybe drop back to like a four-day work week. Um, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's I really I need to work to be able to earn the money. But at the same time, I sort of need a little bit of time off to be able to keep going on some of these other projects, which in the end will produce these things, which hopefully will produce money. I don't know. It's uh, it's like a catch-22 uh, but I also want to help the guys out and everything. But I do know that, that the main priority here in the boatyard is is launch the boats in the spring and haul the boats in the, in the fall. In the meantime, it's maintain all the uh, equipment, try and pretty up the place, make sure everything's super picked up, paint things, uh, replace rotted stuff, all that, you know, general maintenance and we got such a great team this year that we really want to make sure we're we're making our mark and and doing giving it 110% if we can and really just trying to leave the place a whole lot better than we found it so you know if we don't come back and the next year is all new people then hey that's what uh they they get to they get left with that benchmark of like okay well you see how nice everything is let's let's try and do better um that's at least the goal. That's my thinking. And then usually I just take a whole bunch of guff from Dave and Jim. Cripe's sake. I took so much guff today. It was like pick on Jerome time. You know, there's there's only one of me, right? And I help with just about every boat that goes in the water. And at the same time, every time we put a boat in the water, there's jack stands and there's blocks laying around. Holy cow, I heard nothing but. No, you gonna do anything today? <laughs> As I'm running from launching a boat to going and hauling the blocks and collecting the jack stands and taking those up to the farm, quote unquote, that uh, I'm sort of growing of jack stands, and oh man, it's just uh, it's classic. But I love it. I I don't know, you know. There's um there's a hilarity to the work environment here that's just so fun and everybody's just ripping into each other and it's a lot of laughs and a lot of shouting and a lot of all that stuff but all in a great great way and you know you could tell that the boss is happy because we're moving boats fast we're doing it efficient we're not sitting around and uh i don't know it's good it's uh it's really a great great feeling and i don't know i'm just i'm really thankful to have a job (laughs) at this point and to be able to work with a team like this and, and be able to live, you know, here at the boatyard. I don't know. It's I've always, all the jobs I've ever had, um, I've always lived where I work. And that's that's like part of the appeal of that sort of lifestyle is that, again, you get to tap dance around things like rent and bills and all that sort of stuff. I mean, what could be better? To, I don't know. I've always sort of searched for any way possible to simplify life so that you can spend the vast majority of your time not worrying but enjoying. And that's what I try to do. So, uh, well, 
I'd rather not just sit here and pontificate <laughs> some while I'm this exhausted and actually just need to go to sleep. It's almost, oh boy, it's 8.21 in the p.m. Jeez, past my bedtime. Yikes. I got to get up extra early tomorrow because I left a lot of jack stands out there. I was so tired at the end of the day. Uh, the last two boats uh, we put in, I was just like, yeah, I'll get those tomorrow. But never fear. I definitely, the next one is going to be an interview and hopefully I will have that out before Friday doing my best. Um, and I think as the summer goes on and on, we will, uh, get, get some more, some more interviews in the bank and some really interesting stuff, not just the lobstermen and all that stuff, although they are fan fantastic to listen to and the stories they have are great, but there's a lot of really cool sailors up here that, uh, have all sorts of different boats and, and I can't wait to sit down with them and, and get their take on all of it. But I can actually feel my voice going hoarse right now. So I'm going to end this one a little bit early and, uh, hopefully you guys don't mind, but, uh, again, quick shout out to the old Patreon family. You guys are the, the best, just, just supporting it. I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, I will keep keep striving to to get more interviews and get more shows out there for you and everybody that's emailing in that's fantastic uh, i can't thank you enough you can just go to sailingintooblivion.com and you know click on the contact or book a presentation whatever it doesn't matter it's going to send the email right to me and uh, i will i will definitely read it and probably respond to it on the podcast live so pretty cool stuff um I know I've emailed quite a few podcasts and uh, never heard anything, and I'm a bit chuffed, or no, a bit chapped when it comes to that. <laughs> Not really. I don't, I don't expect, whenever I email a podcast, I definitely don't expect them to ever even read it, but, you know, that's, uh, that's the life. So, other than that, thank you all for listening, and I will keep punching it out, and I hope you guys are all having a great uh, beginning to your summer. Get out there on the water if you got access to a boat. If you don't, just go down to the docks and start talking to people because, hey, everybody's always looking for a little extra crew and some new friends. You never know. Uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. <laughs>